This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. One of the things that drives me nuts about traditional jazz education is just how complicated it's made out to be. And for people trying to come into the jazz world and learn how to improvise, it can be very intimidating and it can be very confusing. There's just too much music theory. There's too much everything. And so what I've really tried to do on this podcast and everything with Learn Jazz Standards is try to make jazz a little bit simpler. And I just came out with a new book, Jazz Improvisation Made Simple, which really is just completely all about this. So in the spirit of that new book and to celebrate the launch of that new book, I want to go over four secrets for jazz improv, like how to really accelerate your jazz growth and get started down the right path, like the things you really should be doing, and you can kind of strip everything else away. You don't have to get confused. You don't have to get overwhelmed. I'm here to help. This is going to be a great episode for you. So let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Uh, Thanks for being here. I do appreciate you every single time tuning in, and welcome if you're a first-time listener. Uh, Just got back from sunny Orlando, Florida. I was at a podcasting conference, actually, um, learning about podcasting, meeting other people podcasters and I go to the conferences and events and things like this uh, because I want to learn how to be a better content creator for for you, a better teacher for you guys. Uh, So I had a great time, really enjoyed myself, but I'm here back in the office ready for work uh, and uh, just excited to dig in today. Uh, Like I said, today I want to be talking about my four uh, secrets, I guess you could call them. I don't mean to be clickbaity with that or anything like that. They're really not secret, like no one's ever heard of them before. But they are things that um, I want to sort of just narrow things down to the simplest form. So hence, four secrets uh, for jazz improv success. Um, These four secrets are based off of my new book, Jazz Improvisation Made Simple, which is, I think, I believe, the very first self-help style book, as in not a music method book with a bunch of exercises and notation in it, because I've done plenty of those, but more of a, you know, real deep strategy and layout of how to get started playing jazz and how to really succeed. And I kind of based this book loosely off of these four secrets I'm going to share with you today. Um, And by the way, not to be overly self-promotional and not to bang you over the head if you've been hearing me say this, you know, the last month or so, but if you would like to check out that book, I would love to have you go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv. And you'll find it on Amazon. It'll kind of redirect you to Amazon. That's where I'm selling it this time around. And uh, it will be on paperback and Kindle ebook. So you can pick it up there. Um, Fairly cheap price. I mean, really, I'm not trying to sell 
it to make a lot of money, to be honest, just to get it out into the world. And Amazon's a good platform to get in front of a lot of people. So if you have bought that book, I want to thank you so much. Like, really, really appreciate it. I've been hearing from a lot of you who are enjoying it so far. If you could do me a huge favor, um, go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv and leave uh, a rating review if you've been enjoying it and tell other people why you like it. That's something that just really helps books out on the Amazon platform. So I do appreciate uh, you taking the time to do that. You have no idea how much it means to me, and I just so much appreciate your support in doing that. So learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv. Now, um, for those of you who... All right, I'm going to go on a really quick rant before we jump into the four secrets. Is that okay? I'm going to be a little self-indulgent here. Um, but it has to do with the podcast episode today. All right, so bear with me. Um, you know, there's like probably, you know, like 99% of my audience here on Learn Jazz Standards will never tell me this at all, ever. But there's like this 1%, and maybe even less than than 1%, when they hear me like, you know, promote a product or something in my newsletter or on the podcast, you know, there'll be like, there'll be this, this occasional person or two that say, Brent, I'm, I, I hate it when you try to sell me stuff. Like, that sucks. Why don't you just stick with creating podcast episodes and YouTube videos and blog posts and free lessons? And, um, well, first of all, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff. It, that's that's how I pay to do all this stuff. And that's, that's how I make a living, right? So I, I basically create materials, premium materials that are helpful for my audience to help them more to to support this. I mean, we wouldn't be able to fund the blog for to even exist without doing this, right? So that that's a that's a first of all. Um and I so was, I never try to do any of this to be like really promotional or like bang, you know, people's heads over over and over again like buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Um but it's really all in the spirit of helping and giving. Um and now what this has to do with today's podcast episode is just in case you are one of those people, um or if you're just someone that's like, you know, Brent, I just found your podcast and I don't really necessarily want to invest in a book from you right now like i'd like to get to know you better totally cool totally fine with that in today's episode i'm going to be mentioning a bunch of podcast episodes that i've done in the past that go over these topics in the four secrets so you're really going to get a lot out of this podcast episode i'll leave that all in the show notes today as well so that you can easily find this stuff so that you can literally get a lot of this information if you're just not interested in or you, or you just don't want to buy anything from me. That's totally fine too. Okay, that, <laughs> that, was, my, that was my rant. That was my Monday morning rant. Uh, sorry, that might have been a little bit self-indulgent, but I won't edit it out. Um, okay, so let's jump into those four secrets and do this thing. All right, so none of these secrets require me to pull out my guitar and show you anything because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, to become a great jazz improviser, there's not a lick or an exercise or a scale or a pattern that is going to <laughs> is going to make you really successful. Um, it's so much more more than that, really. Um, now, again, all the podcast episodes that I'm linking to today. Um, I, I do, you will find some, you will find me playing stuff and showing you examples because obviously that's merited and necessary, but that's not today's podcast supposed about. So let's go to secret number one, secret number 
one. And I would almost call this a step number one as well. Like sort of in, in if you were to start playing jazz from scratch, this is step number one. And that is to understand jazz as a language. And I'll dig into that deeper in a second. But s- secret number one is understand that jazz is a language. Now, what do I mean by understanding that jazz is a language? If you think that jazz is uh, music that you need to read strictly off of sheet music or it's a bunch of scales or it's a bunch of, you know, music theory, you're wrong and you're you're just not going to get the music. Um, really primarily, and this is kind of the big part of, of the secret here of understanding jazz as a language, is you need to understand that when you first started to learn a language or you learn your, your, your language that you speak now, your native language, you didn't know how to read sentences. You didn't know how to write. You didn't know anything really of how your language worked. You were just mimicking your parents or whoever raised you and you heard it and you started mimicking it. You started speaking it, right? So it really... As jazz musicians, what we should always be doing, and whether you're you know, starting at the beginning or you're somewhere later on in your journey, the main thing that you should be doing is listening and imitating, okay? So listening and imitating. And if you understand that, just, just understand that and know that right now, it may sound like, like wow, how, how is that really possible? But you are already headed in the right direction if you just start from that place by understanding that. And the reason why I would call this a quote-unquote secret is because so many students that I come across do not understand this. They think that the answer is in the next music method book, which there are a lot of answers in, and I've done plenty of those, and there's a lot of things that can help you in that. But they sort of sometimes miss the point, right? They they think it's about scales. They think it's about um, melodic minor theory. They think it's about... You know, certain pattern exercises, all of those things which are helpful, important, and we'll talk about a little bit later in some of the secrets here. But it starts with just understanding that jazz is a language. It is it is a language that we start by just listening and hearing and imitating, and then we can go and learn how it actually works. Okay. So that's number one. Now, some let's dig a little deeper in that, you know, and I talk a lot about this in the book, but there's a few things that we need to do. So first of all, just understanding that concept is important, but then we need to start listening to jazz. Now, when I talk about listening to jazz, I don't mean just turning on the jazz radio station every once in a while or just aimlessly listening. I'm really talking about deep listening and I'm talking about listening to really all of what jazz music has been. And part of that is understanding the eras of jazz. So, for example, you have early jazz or Dixieland jazz. You have um, the swing era. You know, we're talking Duke Ellington and Count Basie and all that. And then you have bebop, where the music really changed. Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie. And then you have hard bop and cool jazz. And then you have free jazz. And then you have fusion. Then you have modern jazz and, and a bunch of little other like styles in between. And each one of those eras has a bunch of important musicians and therefore a bunch of important jazz standards you should be listening to. So there's really a wealth of knowledge that you can be doing just by listening to a bunch of different kinds of music and really listening to it with intention and depth so that you can hear it and then imitate it, hear it 
and then imitate it. Because if you're not really listening to the, this music and listening to it critically, um, the truth is you're never really going to get it. And I really believe that. Like, you're never really going to get it. You know, if you, um, just like the idea of playing jazz, but you're you're not really listening to it in depth. Or let me even go a little bit further. If you're someone who is listening to jazz, but you're not, you're only listening to one artist or you're only listening to one style of jazz, maybe you're not going to get everything that's going on. So that's important. Now, so as far as understanding the eras of jazz and which musicians to listen to, but really simplifying that down. So there's obviously so much to listen to. So who should you be listening to and what should you be listening to? I want you to check out episode 194. So Learn Jazz Standards podcast episode 194, um, where you can learn about the eras of jazz and important jazz musicians to learn in that. So I'll link that in the show notes or you go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 194 and you'll find that there. <clears throat> and then, okay, so once you kind of know that you need to be listening to jazz, obviously, but some people to actually listen to, then how do you actually listen to jazz? Like, that's really important. Like, how do you listen? So I, I usually break this down into several different uh, kinds of listening. So one would be, just passive listening. So passive listening being like um, just driving in my car and maybe you could be active listening in your car, but doing something else, hanging out with friends, all that stuff and you're, you have music in the background, that's passive listening. Um, but active listening is, and passive listening is great to be doing all times, but active listening is really where we start being more critical about our listening, where we start studying the music. It's not just about enjoying it anymore. It's about studying the music so we understand how it works. So active listening is where you can start ac at asking questions about the music, is where you can start wondering things about the music, is where you can start analyzing the music even without touching your instrument. So a good episode for that, to learn more about that and how to do that and some examples, I think I believe in this episode, I even go through a, uh, a Miles Davis tune and we listen to it and we ask questions as we go along. That's episode 145. So um, podcast episode 145, where we do that. And again, show notes or learnjazzstandards.com forward slash 145. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, got something in my throat. All right. So that that's, uh, that's secret number one. Secret number one is understand that jazz is a language. Okay? Really, really important. Even just that basic understanding is really going to help you out. Um, and then going further and just listening all the time. I do cover a lot more things about this in the book, but that's kind of some of the more important parts that I want you to pay attention to. All right, so secret number two. So once you understand the language a bit, like you've been listening to the language and you're hearing it, then you need to know some basic music theory. And when I say need, I don't mean that like you can't get away with not knowing basic theory for jazz, but you'll be at a serious disadvantage if you don't. And so that's why this is a secret for, for jazz improv success is if you are hearing and you're imitating and you're doing all that stuff, then really to like kind of piece it all together so that you truly understand it. And really just to make things easier for you ultimately in the end is you just need to know some basics of jazz theory so that you can start understanding what you're actually playing and what you're listening to. So understanding what you're playing and listening to. Um, so what are those basics of jazz theory? 
Um, I'll, I'll talk about a podcast episode to listen to after after this little uh, this little bit here. But the basics of music theory are number one, basic chords. So if you if you don't know construction of basic seventh chords, triads are great too. But seventh chords are kind of the baseline chords for jazz, um, and how to spell them out then you're kind of not going to really get what's going on. So for me, chord chord tones and understanding chords is the most important thing to start with. So you have to know how to build your major seventh chord. You have to know your, your dominant seventh chord, your minor seventh chord, your half diminished chord, and your diminished seven chord. You have to know how to spell those out, and you want to get comfortable being able to spell those out on whatever instrument you play in different keys. Like you don't want to just know how to play G major seven, right? You you need to be able to play E major seven and E flat major seven and, um, you know, B d- half diminished, right? Th- you have to know all of the different keys, right? And once you're able to spell out all of those, you'll be surprised how much easier it will be to start quote unquote playing the changes in your solos because you'll, you'll understand how to... Sp- what those important notes are and the chord tones are the important notes in the chord in the chord that you need to to really bring your solos to life that like that's the starting point to me when we approach jazz improvisation from a theoretical standpoint it's chords um and so the the second the second piece of basic jazz theory is guide tones um and guide tones i've talked a lot about guide tones in the show but for those who don't know, guide tones are the thirds and sevenths of the chord, right? So you have root, third, fifth, seventh is a major is a, a any basic seventh chord. Well, the thirds and sevenths are kind of the more important ones because if you look at chords changing from one to another, the thirds and sevenths are the ones that are always changing, right? From a from a major third to a flat third, uh, from uh, a major seventh to a, a flat seven to a double flat seven. So those are kind of the main notes that you want to pay attention to. And if you resolve to those notes in your jazz lines, for example, if you resolve to the third of each chord, not that you would want to do that every time because then it just sounds formulaic and a little bit dull. But if you do that, you'll really hear the chord changes come out in your solos. So it's kind of just taking these basic four notes, the chord tones, and breaking it down even further to the level of importance, right? Being the thirds and the sevenths are ones that you want to be extra aware of. So you want to be able to map out those those guide tones very clearly. Okay, so the third basic jazz theory element is scales. Um, now, scales, uh, as, as many of you who listen to this podcast a lot know that I like to think of scales as pitch collections. Pitch collections meaning... They aren't things that we should just be playing linearly when we're thinking about jazz improv, right? I mean, they're great for learning your instrument to be able to play them like linear, like, you know, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? Like, that's great for learning your instrument and getting some technique down. But as far as jazz improv goes, that's kind of not how we want to think about scales. We want to really think about them as pitch collections, just different options and and note options over a chord. I I like to think of more like a map rather than uh, like a road, like a pathway, but more like a map where like there's a bunch of different ways to get to the same destination, right? Um, and so for that, I, I like to simplify things. And in my book, Jazz Improvisation Made Simple, I I really simplify things to just one scale per quality of chord, um, which might rub some people wrong a little bit who are uh, you know theory nerds or don't believe that you should simplify jazz theory that much. But it's just a good starting place for everybody to just have one choice 
to start understanding a pitch collection to use, and then you can expand your knowledge to the the altered chords, uh, altered uh, scale, where you can figure out how to hit some of those extensions and alterations and the Lydian dominant and all those things you can go further later, right? Um, so scales is one. And the last one about music theory is chord progressions. It's really, really of utmost importance that you understand how to construct chord progressions in the first place, like understand where we get the Roman numerals from, both in major and minor harmony. Like So major, like understanding how to harmonize a major scale with seventh chords, which just really means like, you know, you have, let's say the C major scale, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. And then on top of like the C, right, you have C and then you stack a third on top, right? The third uh, of C is E, and then you stack the fifth on top and the fifth is G, and then you stack the seventh on top and the seventh is B, right? So now all of a sudden you have... um you have a, a, a major seventh chord stacked on that first scale. And then uh, then the next note is D in the scale. And then you stack thirds on top of that until you end up spelling out different qualities of chords when you harmonize a uh, major seventh chord with with uh, major scale with seventh chord. Sorry, I'm mixing up my, my thoughts here. And so if you're able to do that and you understand the Roman numerals and where they come from, that's that's a must. And a lot of people listening to this podcast do understand that. Like they understand that basic. But if you don't, this is a really important basic of music theory to understand. And then after that, it's kind of just being aware of the basic the basic chord progressions you will find in jazz, like the major two five one and the minor two five one and the major one six two five and the minor one six two five and others. Um, but we don't need to know all of them. We can simplify them so that you just need to know some basic ones and then move further. Okay, so as far as a good podcast episode where I'll where I dive way deeper into all of that um, is episode 193, uh, Jazz Theory Made Simple is what it's called. <laughs> it's good. It's based off of my book, Jazz Jazz Memorization Made Simple. So. Um, again, show notes or learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 193 for that episode. Okay. Okay. So the third secret, secret number three is to know the three pillars of jazz improvisation and work on them. Okay. The three pillars of jazz improvisation. I've also in past episodes or other teaching materials I've come out with called these the big three. And what these are is sort of my method for simplifying what you need to work on to improve as a jazz improviser. Because out there, there's so much. There's so much that people are saying, scales and learn this and then learn that and then learn this and learn that. But I like to just boil it down to these three. If you're doing something, a little something from each one of these three pillars of jazz improvisation, you are going to improve and you're going to improve quicker than if you're just jumping from random things all over the place, right? So what are the three pillars? The three pillars are technique, jazz repertoire, and jazz language. So I'll be very brief because I'm going to give you a podcast episode, of course, to go further. Or you could buy my book, either one. But so the technique is pillar number one. So technique, I, I like separating this between um instrumental specific like instrument specific technique which would be if i'm a trumpet player you want to work on long tones if 
Um, I am a piano player. I might want to work on two hand scales, you know, things to coordinate my hands together. If I'm a drummer, I want to be, you know, working on two hand coordination. Um, if I am a saxophone player, I might want to be working on long tones, right? So everybody has specific things for their instrument that are challenges on their instrument they should be working on because ultimately, one thing that's going to help us with our jazz improv is if we aren't having a bunch of technical limitations, right? We want to have freedom and flexibility to play what's what we're hearing musically in our head. And if our technique, our ability to navigate our instrument is slowing us down, that's not going to be helpful. So there's instrument-specific technique, and then there is just general technique. Like I would call it jazz improv technique, meaning like things that might be helpful for you to do in, in a jazz improv setting. And I, the one that I really like to go to a lot is pattern exercises. So the reason patterns are helpful for any instrument, really, any melodic instrument, is you're able to start making jumps or moves, like intervallic leaps, that maybe you wouldn't be used to doing before. And this can be really helpful for getting out of the idea of playing scales linearly too, right? So a great way to apply uh, patterns is through on scales. So you might have a melodic minor scale or a major scale, but you can apply a bunch of ascending and descending patterns, different things that have different intervallic leaps in them that almost make the scale not relevant anymore. It's almost just like, hey, I'm learning how to jump to different notes within this scale, and that can help us when we're trying to play melodically, right? We can, we are not limited by playing what the nearest note is on our instrument. We're able to really go to jumps and leaps and backwards and forwards, and then we have flexibility, all right? So the second pillar is jazz repertoire, and this is the big one. I mean, this is the big one around my brand, Learn Jazz Standards. It's learning jazz standards they're the vehicles jazz musicians use to improvise and communicate with each other so you'll learn how to play jazz if you learn jazz standards so you'll just you just you don't have to learn a bunch of them right away but if you just learn one like autumn leaves is a great one to start with because it has some pretty basic lessons in there you learn just autumn leaves and suddenly you know so much more than you did before and then you learn another jazz standard you know so much more than you did before and really the jazz standards have all of the harmonic lessons and melodic lessons in them that you need regardless of whether you're composing your own music or not you kind of need to know jazz standards and work on them to succeed um so um for for this by the way how do you learn jazz standards this is one that always comes up this is a big question and many of you know about my list process for learning jazz standards. It's just, it's an acronym. It stands for Listen, Internalize, Sing, Transfer. I'm not going to go over that in this podcast episode, but um, in the show notes, I'll link to a YouTube video I've done on the list process. So you can go ahead and check out that list process uh, video or just look it up on YouTube, List Process for Learning Jazz Standards. And that will really help you have a good process to, to really start you know, getting that down. Um, okay, so that's learning jazz standards. That's important. And I go over more stuff about that in the book, but this is just an overview here. Um, the third pillar is jazz language. So that's learning the language through imitating, right? Because back in secret number one, it, a lot of that was just about listening, but we have to imitate it too. So learning the jazz language is part listening, but then it's part actually doing. So 
this is where I like to separate it between micro and macro jazz language. Micro being, you know, maybe learning a lick or a short phrase over a chord progression so you can kind of understand how a great jazz musician, you know, played something over a chord or chord progression. Macro being, you know, learning an etude or learning a jazz solo or just a chorus of a jazz solo so you get a more um, bird's eye view of how a musician approached a piece of music and that will give you a lot of perspective. So imitating is really important in jazz. Like I can't stress this enough when we understand again secret number 1, understanding that jazz is a language first and foremost, we listen and we imitate. This is so important, you know, and it's not just about grabbing um the Omni book and learning a Charlie Parker solo. That's great, that's fine, but we want to be hearing it first and then learning it from a recording. And that's really that might be hard for some people, even though my list process is really going to help you with that. But if you do even just a little bit of that, I guarantee you your jazz improv growth is going to be much faster, much more clear than if you were doing otherwise. Okay, so that's the three pillars: uh, is technique, jazz repertoire, and jazz language. All right. So that's secret number three is understanding the three pillars. And so a great episode to listen to to go a little bit deeper on all that is episode 124. So learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 124 to learn more about. I call it in that episode, the big three. All right. So the last one, secret number four is one that is, in my opinion, the most important. And if you've been listening and following me for a while, you're not going to be surprised. <laughs> it's not going to be so secret, is, is it? Um, and that is is to have actual practice plans, processes in place for improvement. Okay? Because like we start with secret number one, and that's like listening and understanding jazz and how the music works. Right? Cool. We got that. Um, but there's, but that's just that's just a small piece of the puzzle. Then we go to jazz theory, and that's like understanding what we're hearing through theory and you know music theory knowledge. Really helpful, really important. But that's just sort of like you know a piece of the puzzle. Then we have the big three, and the big three is great because those are all three things that we need to be working on a little bit in the practice room. But without a process for doing any of that, especially the three pillars, you're kind of lost. In last episode, we had a great guest, Danny Rabin, um, who is a great guitar player, and he's part of the band uh, Marbin. He talked a lot about practicing in that episode, and that kind of just further solidifies and further, uh, well, hopefully gives you more of a belief that practicing and having an actual process and doing the right things in a process way um, that's not good English, but you get what I'm trying to say. With a process, that's going to be really helpful for you. That's going to make a big, big difference. All right. So, um, in the book, and jazz improvisation makes made simple. I go over three practice plans. I also talk about like how to practice, how much should you practice. I I, I start out the chapter actually by talking about goal setting, um, and that's that is not very sexy for a lot of people, but. I talk about establishing your why, and I talk about establishing three kinds of goals, master goals, project goals, and, and micro goals. I'm not going to go into those right now, but those are really important, actually, frameworks for building practice plans. Um, so having those together are really important. But I do talk about three practice plans that, I, that I've personally created. They're used in my courses, 
um, that that really have a high impact. Not not only have have they had a high impact for me, they've had a high impact for a lot of students. And maybe you who are, you might be in one of my courses, like Thirty Steps to Better Jazz Playing or Jazz Blues Accelerator. You probably recognize these and you you know about these and you felt them really have a high impact on you. So having a practice plan is really important. Having a step-by-step process where you're not just jumping to YouTube or even this podcast, like you're not just going to a bunch of random podcast episodes and trying to grab a little bit of something from everything, but you really just are taking something in a, and, and really building a framework around that. So that's super important. Um, the ones that I talk about in the book are my stair-step practice plan and my recycling jazz practice plan. I also talk about a 30-minute jazz practice pr- uh, plan um, that can be really helpful if you're just in, you don't have a lot of time to practice. A lot of people don't, and so you can take like you can take heart in knowing that you don't have to practice a ton of hours to get a lot of value to get a lot of growth. So a couple of recent episodes where I talk about the stair step and the recycling practice plan is episode 195. That's the stair step practice plan. So learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 195. And then episode 196 is the recycling jazz practice plan. Um, and again, freely giving the way that all that information, like the, just you, if you, if you listen to those podcast episodes, you will have that framework um, to start practicing. So that's secret number four really is to, and it's probably the biggest one. It's the most important one is to have a practice plan in place that really identifies with your goals and builds towards your goals that you've set and is a process, is not something that you're going to get distracted by a million different things. Okay, so the four secrets, the four secrets are number one, understanding that jazz is a language, listening, all that good stuff. Number two is knowing the basics of jazz theory. You don't have to know the like everything that it's involved in jazz theory from the history of time, just just the basics, just a little bit. Uh, number three is understanding the three pillars, technique and repertoire and jazz language, and then working on those. And then number four, to tie all of that together is having goal-oriented focused practice plans, you know, actual processes that you can implement. So if you're if you're really taking these four secrets and if you look at what you're doing right now and in fact I want to challenge you to look at what you're doing right now in your jazz playing your jazz education and ask yourself do the four secrets are they in play with what I'm doing are they in play with what I'm doing if they are that's great now again uh, listen to some of those podcast episodes I've I've mentioned because they'll help you go a little bit deeper in all of this so that you can really you know, you can really go deeper in, in these things to get more value. Or, of course, buy Jazz Improvisation Made Simple because that really help you out as well. Um, just check yourself. Are you involved in all four of these secrets? If you are, it's going to be very helpful for you in your jazz playing, and you will see results over time. All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Do appreciate you. Hope you got some value out of that today. Um, <laughs> thanks for putting up with some of my uh, sputtering and stuttering. It's funny, you go, you come back from a, a podcasting conference and I feel like I'm a worst podcaster. <laughs> it's all right. Um, again, 
Uh, all those podcast episodes I mentioned will be in the show notes today. They'll help you out. If you would like to buy Jazz Improvisation Made Simple, go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv. And if you've already bought the book, again, huge, huge, huge thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, if you would go and leave a rating review on Amazon at that same link I just gave you, um, that and tell other people why you like the book. That really helps things out for us with the long-term success of the book on Amazon. So I know I speak on behalf of uh, me and the rest of the LGS team. We would love it if you would just take a little time to do that and uh, just tell other people well, you know, how the book has been great for you so far. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. Um, all right. We are going to be coming out with another episode next week. As always, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be valuable. There's going to be something that you can take away from it. So I look forward to seeing you there next time. Make sure you're subscribed and happy practicing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.